Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you for tuning in once again. You guys are fantastic. I love you guys. The support has been overwhelmingly positive and great. You guys share these episodes, and it's been so fun. Um, I want to give a shout-out to our sponsors, uh, Wasatch Recovery, Siegfried & Jensen, uh, I Hill Institute, uh, Veracity Networks, and Living Recoveries Interventions. Uh, you guys, thank you for believing in me and trusting me. And actually, because of you, we're able to get this to many more people. So thank you so much. And like I said, uh, thanks for tuning in week after week. This has been fantastic. Today, we are joined by Ashley Garby-Smith. Ashley, thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, I'm so grateful. So Ashley and I have some mutual friends, Tiffany Peterson, Christy Jex, you know, um, she rubs shoulders with these powerful women, and she's one as well. And I want to give you a little background on Ashley. She graduated from the J. Reuben Clark Law School at Brigham Young University. Uh, she also founded her own law firm, AGS Law, uh, because you wanted to focus on helping clients protect their businesses, assets, families, and that kind of thing. Ashley is also a professional musician who has toured nationally with several brands, bands as a keyboardist and a singer. And by the way, we were just talking about this. I, I've, I've listened to some of her music, and it's amazing. Oh, thank you. Like, honestly, it's really, really good. Um, you wrote and produced your own album back in 2012, and you continue to perform. Uh, you're also a speaker, and you're on podcasts all the time. You're a radio guest. You do speaking on various topics. One of them, which we're going to talk a lot about today probably, is turning tragedy into triumph. Mm -hmm. And you also are very passionate about empowering women. Yes. Right? And you're one yourself, by the way. I'm very impressed on the way you carry yourself. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and I think that's really what attracted to me to having you on the show. I thought, man, I love the way she carries herself. I, again, I know that what we see sometimes isn't always the case, mm -hmm. but again, you own your own business. You've been through tragedy. You turned it into triumph. These are the kind of people that I love having on the show. So thank you for doing this. Well, thanks for having me. I've actually been a fan of the show for a while. Oh, that's so. awesome. So cool. Well, why don't we start? Why don't you tell our listeners, where did you grow up and a little about your family? Okay. So I grew up in a very small town, Salem, Utah. Oh, yeah. At the time that I was <laughs> growing up there. Um, I think we had about five to 8,000 people living in oh, Salem. It's, it's grown a little yeah. bit since then, but, yeah. um, it was a small town and, um, I, you know, I really liked living in a small town as a kid, but as a teenager, I really just kind of wanted to bust out of there. Yeah. And, you know, I grew up around, my mom was a really powerful, amazing woman and, she worked um, the whole time that I was growing mm. up, but she was probably the only mom that I knew that actually had a job and worked. And right. <laughs> she had to yeah. because my parents were divorced. Oh, okay. And and so I, but she didn't ever go to college. She barely graduated high school. Um, she also grew up in Salem. Okay. And so, you yeah. know, we were generations of people yeah. growing up in this small town. And so she, she always told me, you know, I want so much more for you. Um, even though she didn't go to college, she ended up, um, she started as a secretary at a steel company oh, wow. and okay. she just made her way up the ranks and ultimately became the credit manager 
for this still company. And so she would go and knock on these doors of these business owners. And at the time, you know, they're construction business (laughs) owners. And she'd knock on their door. She would go and travel there and say, hey, you owe us money. And I'm not going to leave until you pay us. Yeah, she was (laughs) so amazing and so powerful. And so I learned a lot from her. And but the funny thing is, is I because she didn't know anything about going to college, that was never really pushed. Yeah. And so in my mind, I was just going to be a rock star. (laughs) And that's what I was going to do with my life. I was going to be a famous musician, a rock star. Why not? Right. Yeah. I mean, because it's got to be easy to do. Yeah. So I didn't ever really have plans to go to college. Wow. So if you don't mind me asking, when, how old were you when your parents divorced? So I was 16 when they divorced. Okay, when they actually divorced. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I'm sure that was a difficult time. And yeah. obviously it is for any kid and no matter what age. But, you know, some of the things that you said about your mom that really stand out to me, it's, it seems like that older generation, they knew the value of hard work. Yes, absolutely. I mean, here she is going place to place. Hey, you owe us money. Yeah. Like, and I'm not leaving. Yeah. I mean, who does was, that? I know. <laughs> right? She was amazing. And she was such a good mom. She was such a present mom. Uh-huh. And she, I, and yet she still had this amazing job that she was able to support her family with. Right. So did you have other, other siblings growing up as well? I did. So I was the oldest of three. Okay. And I have a younger sister and a younger brother. Oh, right on. How did, how did you like being the oldest? I am a typical oldest child. <laughs> Uh, very bossy, know-it-all, <laughs> right. insufferable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty typical for the oldest, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. And I always ask that question because it's interesting. I, you know, you hear people say, well, I, I didn't like being the youngest or I didn't like the pressure of being the oldest because you're you're supposed to be the example, right? And right. That kind of thing. And so um, if I could ask, what were some of the maybe the biggest lessons you've learned? You've talked a little bit about it, but from your mom, like what did you learn you know, just from your mom watching her do what she did. Um, you know, my mom and I are such great friends. And um, one of the biggest lessons I learned from her is she she was judged a lot because she was a working mom in a yeah. community where there weren't a lot of working moms. She was the first person to get divorced in our neighborhood. Right. And so there was a lot of judgment, I think, that was passed. Sure. But my mom never judged or gossiped about anybody. And okay. I mean, she just didn't. Yeah. And she just lived her life and she was accepting of everyone. And she taught us not to judge and not to gossip about people because I think that she had experienced that so much that it was yeah. so important for her to teach us not to judge or gossip about people. So as, as successful as yeah. she was, really, I think the biggest lesson was just the person that she was yeah. and the kind and just truly loving person that she was no that's that's and amazing is. And, you know i think we take that for granted on how important it is the way we carry ourselves I, that's i talked about that's why i was you know uh, i wanted you on the show because i love the way you carry yourself and i think i think we take for granted the power of kindness and compassion and and not judging right that kind of thing because when you go through it like growing up you know you probably heard a lot of things like oh she's divorced and mm-hmm. she's she's working or she shouldn't be working she should be home with the kids or whatever that was right. at the time um again it's amazing through through some of those difficult times you learn some of the greatest lessons right yeah 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 so um what kind of child were you were you i mean because again you're a very confident person you know, you're a go-getter, you're hardworking, but were you always like that growing up? Who, how were you growing up? You know, I was, but 
you learn pretty quickly. And I would say probably, you know, in the older elementary age to junior mm -hmm. high, you learn that other people don't necessarily like that when you <laughs> when, right. when you're confident and you're a go-getter and so yeah. i was bullied and really? i was yeah i was bullied pretty badly oh wow and so um you know even though i was confident i think around from about fifth to seventh grade mm -hmm. um i had some bullies i had some pretty significant bullying experiences that really diminished that confidence okay. and it taught me yeah. to you know i need to be i need to put myself in a box right and a lot of it stemmed from i would try out for um talent shows yeah and do and you know try out for the school play and and for whatever reason other girls didn't like that you know now that i'm older i understand where that comes from yeah, and right. and i can process that but at that age that's a really hard thing to deal with when you're just trying to be accepted. Absolutely. And so I would say probably around seventh grade, that confidence really diminished. And I started purposefully not doing well in school, mm. and, you know, sloughing school, right. not getting good <laughs> grades, yeah. hanging out with kids I probably shouldn't have been hanging out with. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is Christy Jex was a guest on your podcast. Yes. Yes. In eighth grade, cute little Christy Cook was her name at the time. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she came up and she she became friends with me and she would hold my hand when she would talk to me and I thought that was so weird. I'm like, why? <laughs> I can see, why I can picture this, that. Hey, why is this yeah. girl holding my hand? And, <laughs> and she would come and up and give me a hug and I wasn't a very touchy-feely person. I, yeah. My family just wasn't really like that and, but she definitely was. But, you know, thank goodness for Christy and she's turned into this amazing woman oh yeah and but because of christy being my friend and teaching me hey you can have these female friendships that you know are are physical and close and um having christy as a yeah. friend really actually kind of changed my traje trajectory really as a teenager it really did it's interesting um how influential friends can be yeah good or bad right mm -hmm. you know and and we obviously we've talked about christy even off the air but she's a very confident person go get her right she's very you know energetic and she vibrant is, right yes. and it sounds like that's how she was but even back then oh back then yeah <laughs> i'm like why is this girl coming up and holding my hand this yeah. is really weird yeah so um you know you, you mentioned your parents were divorced at 16 how did you handle that uh, you know being the oldest sibling as well mm -hmm. i mean it's almost like you know, you're almost taking on a role almost on a parental side of things because you're probably helping out a lot with the younger siblings. Would you mind talking about that? Or? Yeah. And, you know, I actually ended up I I didn't have a great relationship with my dad. And okay. I can say that now because we have worked on our relationship oh, since then. Yeah. But my dad and I went several years without even speaking. Mm. And, wow. um, you know, I think he had some things that he had to deal with in process. And because I was a teenager, um, and I saw my mom go through what she was going through because she had primary custody of yeah, us. Right. Um, you know, I, I blamed my dad for a, for a lot of things and I didn't speak to him for several years. And, uh, you know, that, that actually really did affect my relationships as I got a little bit older. Right. And so I've been able to process that and work through it at the time, but it, that was, it was really tough. Yeah. Well, and again, you know, kids who go through that at that age, I mean, there's some level they've, they've done studies where psychologically 
they think that it's somehow their fault on some level. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe you felt a little bit of that at the time as well. And again. Yeah. I, I think for me, you know, I never felt like it was my fault. I, there, I just, I could see that my dad had some things that he needed to, to work through. I had some things that I needed yeah. to work through. And we just kind of didn't meet up until I was in my early till 20s. Until later, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that you guys are working things out and, yeah, and you guys are yeah. talking. And we have a great relationship that's now. That's awesome. I love to hear that. Again, again, tough times sometimes bring out the greatest things, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, you, you go through high school, you graduate high school. What were your plans after that? Like, did you, like, you wanted to be a rock star? I wanted to be a rock star. So I joined a couple <clears throat> bands. Okay. And I met a boy named Wyatt in one of those bands. He had blue hair. My mom was horrified. <laughs> That I was, was the guy with blue hair, right? Yeah, and, and uh, yeah. So he was the lead singer of the band, blue oh, hair. He wore a dog collar, and you know that was the time. That was at wow. a time where that was cool. Maybe right. it was, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Maybe I hey, just I, thought it was. Hey, if you're in a band, I think it's cool. Yeah. So right? I I joined a couple <laughs> bands. I didn't really have any plans to really get a college degree. I just really wanted to be a musician. And at that time, um, you know, this is in the early 2000s. The goal was to get a record deal. And so right. I would shop demos and music mm. out to different publishers and we would go and we would play gigs, um, you know, locally in Salt yeah. Lake and Provo. And I ended up falling in love with the lead singer of this of this <laughs> band. His name was Wyatt, blue yeah. hair. And we ended up getting married. I got married very young. I got married at 20. 20. That yeah. is young. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To and the boy with blue hair and a dog collar. And, and your mom's probably going, what are you doing? Yes. And the, but she got to know him. <laughs> okay. And she's like, okay, I can look past the blue hair eventually <laughs> faded. Okay, good. And it turned into just bleached blonde hair. Right, yeah. He took the dog collar off eventually. Okay, you know, yeah. he got a little bit older. And uh, so that's yeah, funny. we ended up getting married. Okay. So twenty, that's really young. It was it was yeah. really young. So did you guys uh did you guys have kids together? Did you start off having kids? What or did you just keep doing the gigs and trying to get the band going? You know, the goal was always music for me okay but he ended up becoming a helicopter pilot okay because i think he realized all right music's fun but it's probably not going to be a full-time career right. that's going to pay the bills eventually yeah. which you know if or if there are any musicians out there like heaven bless you it's yes. a fun life for a while um but it's hard it can be a hard life yeah. and so for him he said i will support you in your music ventures and i'm going to go and learn how to fly helicopters and okay. so that's what he did started doing that mm -hmm. well so this is where we kind of get into you know turning a tragedy into triumph and mm -hmm. uh your your first husband passed away in a in an accident and a helicopter crash correct yes do you mind sharing what happened there yeah so we had been married for about two years and he had a friend um, call him. We were actually at a concert one night. It was a Saturday night. Mm -hmm. And he had a friend who was also his student because okay. he was an instructor. And the student called and said, hey, can you take my wife and I down to Georgia? Her grandma is dying. Uh, we need to get down there ASAP. We need to get down there right now. And he, at the time, it was like, it was Saturday night. It was almost mm -hmm. midnight. And he said, can we just wait until tomorrow morning? And they said, no, we need to get down there right now. And so... He said, okay, well, it's not really great weather. I mean, he yeah. had a lot of hesitation about going. Oh, okay. And, but I ended up taking him to the hangar. It was 3 a.m. Mm. And I took him to the hangar and, you know, he was just kind of in a bad mood. He didn't want to go. I had a, 
I honestly really had a bad feeling about it. Right. And um, I dropped him off at the hangar and this weird thought came into my mind that this was the last time I was going to see him. Really? Yeah. And, and it was a situation where I, I started getting emotional because I thought, why would I think such a horrible thing? Yeah. What a horrible thing to think that, you know, right. I, I thought it came from my own yeah. brain. And, yeah, right. And so I get a knock on the door the next morning. It was a Sunday morning. And I get a knock on the door and it's a female police officer and she hands me a post-it note and she just said, I need you to call this number. Uh, it's a sheriff in Georgia. Mm. And so I'm standing there alone, a 22-year-old girl. Yeah. And I call this number to this very kind man in Georgia and mm -hmm. he said there's been a helicopter accident and there were no survivors. Wow. And so we ended up finding out later that what actually happened was the grandma had already passed away. And okay. the, my husband's student and his wife were trying to get down to see they, there was actually a ring that was an heirloom. And the wife found out that a cousin was going to be driving up from Florida. And she thought if I could get in a helicopter and get down there, I'll get down there before my cousin gets there okay. to get this ring. Mm. And so, you know, he, yeah. he did this favor for these friends under pretenses that were false. Right. And then, oh, and it cost man. all three of them their lives. Wow. Yeah. So how did you, I mean, obviously it's devastating news to hear that. Mm -hmm. um, you're newly married. Right. It's the love of your life. Mm -hmm. You know, how did, how did you handle that and how did you work through that? And I'd like to say I handled it well. <laughs> 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 and yeah. I think, and the interesting thing is, because people kept looking at me and saying, oh, you're so strong. You're so strong and you're, mm -hmm. you're doing such a good job at handling this. What they didn't know was I was drowning my sorrows by drinking, by, mm. um, you know, smoking and doing things that I shouldn't have been doing. Yeah. I would go and I would play gigs at bars and I would, I would go to the bars at like around nine or 10 at mm -hmm. night. I would play for several hours and then I had a job. So I would get up at six in the morning and go to my job and I just wow. I mean was burning the candle at both, both ends, ends yeah. and um on top of that you know drinking but doing it quietly you know doing Behind it the scenes, yes not showing anybody no yeah. one no one had any idea okay. what I was because I thought they're t they're saying I'm so strong I guess I have to be strong I have to show them that I am yeah, yeah. and so wow. from the outside looking in it looked like I was handling it really well but for about seven months, I wasn't. I was not handling it well. Right. And anyone hearing your story right now would understand why you were struggling. I mean, who wouldn't? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But again, it's interesting how we try to put on a, a mask, so to speak. Hey, they say I'm strong. I'm going to show them that I'm strong. Right. 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 And as a 22-year-old, do you think yeah. that's what you have to do? Yeah. And yeah. and so, so I, you know, I tried that until I just broke. I mean, there was just a, a breaking point for me and and you know there were some spiritual what I what I would call spiritual experiences mm -hmm. that I had that caused me to want to change my life around and I knew that I couldn't do we were in South Carolina we were living in South Carolina okay. at the time gotcha and I knew that if I stayed in South Carolina and I continued down this path of just playing in bars and right and hanging out with the people that I was hanging out with it just wasn't going to turn out well for me. Yeah. So I ended up moving back to Utah. Okay. 
Do you mind, I mean, I, and this may be a kind of a sacred thing to talk about, but you, you mentioned some spiritual experience. Do you mind sharing? Yeah, I'll share that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, if you're okay with Absolutely. me sharing no, that. Absolutely, no, because my listeners will say, why didn't you ask her this? Yeah, <laughs> they no, would. yeah. So <laughs> the very first thing that happened, which was a really interesting experience, and that was, um, it was, it was uh, May. I, I remember the month. It mm-hmm. was May. I had someone that I worked with approach me, and he said, hey, listen, and this was while I was still married. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, this is kind of weird. I know you're only 22, but I just met with a life insurance agent. And he asked if I knew anybody that I could right. refer. Here's his number. Maybe you should go talk to him. Your husband's a helicopter pilot. And so yeah. I talked to my husband. I said, maybe we should just just get some life insurance. Right. So it was May. We sign up for life insurance. And it was a terrible policy. And and I'm an estate planning attorney now. I, yeah. You know, and That's so... what you do, yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, I talk to people about this all the time. Everyone get life insurance. But um, so this was May. We end up signing for this terrible... Signing up for this terrible policy. But it's life insurance nonetheless. Yeah. June 27th is the day that he passed away. Wow. So we had life insurance. We paid for two months. For two months, yeah. Of life insurance. And we were so dumb with money. We were young. Yeah. We were dumb. I had, when he died, we had $35,000 of just consumer debt. Right. Like, I mean, just yeah. credit cards and cars yeah. and other things. Sure. And, and so for me, it was like, okay, that had to have been divinely inspired somehow. I, like, right. I would have sure. never just done that on my own as a 22-year-old. Yeah. And so I kind of went back to that mm. and, and, and I... I kept having this feeling like you need to go to school, like you need to go to college, like go ahead and do your music. That's fine. But you need to go to college. And I felt like it was not coming from me. It was inspired. And so one night I just was having, I, I was having a breakdown. Like I knew that I wasn't on the path that I wanted to be on. It was about seven months after my husband had passed away and I had some extra money after paying off all of our debts. I had to pay for his funeral. I had to pay for his headstone. I mean, that's, that's expensive for a 22 year old. Oh yeah. And so I had some money left over and it became very clear that I needed to go back to school. And it Mm -hmm. was, it was literally like someone said to me, you have to move back to Utah. You have to go to college. Hmm. And it came from outside of me because I never would have wanted to move back to Utah. Not in a million years did I ever want to move back to (laughs) Utah. Done with Utah. Right. (laughs) Right. So, so that's, it it was, it was a sign that there was a higher power looking out for me. Yeah. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. I appreciate that so much. Well, so um, you end up moving back mm-hmm. and you start going to college, right? I, yes. Yeah. So yep. you sign up for college. Did you know you wanted to go into law? And, no, no. I wanted to be <laughs> a high school English teacher. Okay. And so I went through the whole program <laughs> and I did my student teaching mm-hmm. and I thought, I don't think I like kids. <laughs> 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 that's not really true i know what you mean but, though like yeah it's, maybe yeah well what i learned was so at the time <laughs> that's, that's it was a joke it, it, but um <laughs> at the time i i was a paralegal um for a law firm okay and i was making more money as a paralegal than i would have started at as a teacher, as a which teacher, is such yeah. a shame. It makes it me so angry. Yeah. We've got, we have to do better. We, we have, have to pay backwards. our teachers yep. more. I it's agree. terrible. Yeah. And, and I thought, and I, I spoke with a English teacher who she was on, she was almost retired. 
And she said to me, if you don't love the kids, like if you're not in this yeah. because you love the kids, you've got to do something else because yeah. you will get burned out. Get and I think that was her way of telling me she didn't love the kids. But yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> if you don't love them, trust me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But no, she, and the, I mean, she was actually really great. But, yeah. but the reality was, is I knew that I could make more money as a paralegal than being an English teacher. And I really mm -hmm. loved the law. And I had had this experience with my husband passing away. And so I became really interested in estate planning. Estate planning, yeah. And... Um, and so that's when I decided I wanted to go to law school, but I ended up getting, so I ended up, um, getting remarried. Um, when I moved back to Utah, the day that I moved back to Utah, the day mm -hmm. is I ended up hanging out with a boy named McLean and he was roommates with my, my best friend who is, was a male at the time. Right. And they were college roommates. Oh, okay. And so the day that I got home, I went and hung out with him and met his roommate and I actually already knew him like okay. I had known him in high school and we didn't yeah. go to high school together but I knew who he was and and it was it was very clear to me that this was going to be a long-term thing the day that I moved back to Utah and hung out with him wow and so that's again that's why again, I knew it was another, divinely inspired yes. like how's all these things falling into right. place like that the yeah. doors just kept opening <clears throat> and so um Anyway, I ended up getting married and I ended up getting pregnant and my due date was on the same day that I was supposed to take the LSAT. Oh, wow. And so I thought, well, okay, I'll just push it off for a couple years. Well, a couple years turned into seven years. Mm. So seven years later was when I ultimately end up, ended up taking the LSAT. No way. Yeah. Wow. Jeez. And you have two, is it two? Two kids? boys two now. Two boys right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, congratulations on that. And wow, that is amazing how everything just kind of falls into place yeah and you know? I think you have to be really open yeah you know when when I had that feeling <clears throat> you have to move back to Utah you have to go to college that was so opposite right. of what I wanted to do I think we have to be open to that inspiration yes because I can't even imagine what my life would be like now had I just shut that down yeah so one of the things that I think if I'm understanding this correctly you you stopped playing in the bands yeah, so I did. Right? But when I moved back to Utah, I started playing in some other local bands oh, you around did. here. Okay. I was yeah. wondering if you So I did. I kept okay. the music thing going, but it was it was a different route for me. You know, it mm -hmm. wasn't like, okay, now I'm gonna get uh, I'm still gonna work on getting yeah. a uh, record deal. Yeah. I found out that you could make decent money playing in other bands. Yeah. And um, and it was fun, you know, it was still fun. Still fun for you, But yeah. once I had kids, so it was, I actually played for a local country band and we would go on a tour bus. And in that band, um, <laughs> there is a girl named awesome. Lindsay Sterling. She is a violinist and she's actually a big YouTube star and she goes and yeah, tours I, now. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. But yeah. Lindsay and I yeah. were in a band for almost 10 years together. Really? Lindsay okay. played for me. If you actually go, you could go on iTunes and search Ashley Garby Smith, Good Enough For Now. Lindsay Sterling actually plays on that track. Okay. And that was before she became, you know, a yeah. famous. I've actually fighter. watched that on, it was on YouTube. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I didn't realize that was her. Yeah. So she, awesome. yeah. So she, <laughs> she was in this country band and we, cool. we would go on a tour bus and mm -hmm. I had to take my little two year old on a tour bus and it was wow. just so hard. Yeah. And, and so I thought, you know, this is just not the life it is. It's fun, but it just was, it didn't align with what right. I wanted. Well, and plus bringing a two-year-old along, that's probably not the best. 
no, no atmosphere. One, no one loved it. Right. <laughs> no yeah. one loved it. <laughs> right. Who's this and, kid on here? Yeah. And what? And I would have to bring a nanny who could watch him while I was playing the gigs. And so I ended up really not making very much money at all yeah. because all of my money would go to paying my nanny. Yeah. Okay. And so it's you know it's hard for a mom being a professional musician. Yeah. It was just and I I learned that and I'm so glad I had that experience. But I'm also glad I learned that lesson. So I don't look back and have any regrets. Because I tried it, right? Learned that yeah. it was there's a time and a season for everything, yep. and I had my time and my Love season. It. Well, and you did. We talked about that in the beginning. You produced your own album in 2012, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So was this during that time frame? Yeah. So it was during okay. that time frame, and I thought I'm just going. I'm just going to go all in. Yeah. Pr- you know, write these songs, produce this album, and see where it goes. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, it didn't go anywhere. I, th- <laughs> I think my mom bought most of my CDs. <laughs> mom bought 14 of them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and part of it was because I, it was right when YouTube was coming out and okay. I realized in order to like really be successful at this, you've got to put a lot of money into these videos You do, yeah. and doing YouTube. And you know, I was a mom and I just... It was something I wasn't willing. I mean, frankly, I just wasn't willing to put in that much time and effort into it because at the time, you know, I was 30. And unfortunately, I mean, this is the unfortunate Mm -hmm. reality of the music industry. When you turn 30, it's almost like an expiration stamp gets stamped on you. And it's it's a lot harder to make it once after you're 30. Yeah. Hard enough anyways. Right. But after 30, even more difficult. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So um, you you go to school, you graduate, and now, I mean, let's talk about AGS. Yeah. I mean, what made you decide to do, not only go into law, but do your own? Yeah, that was a scary, that was a scary transition. So when I was in law school, <laughs> I got offered a job at the firm that I was a paralegal at. Okay. So it was pretty cool, yeah. like, and because I knew what I was getting into, and I thought I wanted to be a litigator. Because okay. I was, I'm a performer. Yeah, right. And so I yeah. thought, oh, litiga- <laughs> right. litigation is basically like performing in front of a judge. <laughs> so true, though. But you yeah. learn what litigation <laughs> actually is, is you're just playing games with other attorneys. Yeah. And most of those attorneys are not pleasant to deal with. Yeah, I bet. I bet that's tough. And so I was a litigator for several years at this firm and COVID hit. And COVID hit and my kids were home and I had to homeschool my kids. And the firm said, okay, you know, in Utah, what happened is we basically had the two week shutdown and then employers were free to say, okay, employees need to come back or you can work from home. And frankly, my firm, because it was a little bit older, they just weren't prepared for their employees and their attorneys to work from home. Right. And so... And I had an hour commute. Oh, wow. So um, yeah. it was an hour commute. So I had to find a way to homeschool my kids, show up at work every day. Right. And, Jeez. you know, and and I kept getting that, you know, there were a couple partners at the firm who kept um, mentioning my billable hours and I wasn't hitting my billable hours. Mm. And I would say, yeah, we're in a pandemic. Yeah. Like this. <laughs> pandemic i've got kids at home yeah homeschooling and i know this happened with a lot of women and a lot of moms where there were expectations placed on them that you just couldn't meet i mean i couldn't homeschool my kids and be a good mom and be a good employee and deal with the anxieties of a pandemic right and and i started looking at the numbers and i thought okay i'm i'm pretty good at 
bringing in clients. Yeah. Like, and so at, at the time, and I haven't done this a lot because I've been running a business, but um, <laughs> I was posting social media posts that I was essentially just sharing legal tips. Right. And I would get clients, but those clients would be the firm's clients. You know, oh, so I was getting paid a salary, gotcha. but I didn't make any money off the yeah. clients that I brought in. Yeah. So I started doing the math and I thought I could make just as much money right. doing this on my own. Doing your own yeah. And I, because the firm I was with was a little bit older, there were a lot of processes and procedures that I looked at and I thought there's so much, there's a more efficient way to do this. Right. There's a better way to do this. And so I was billing hourly. And I thought, I don't like the hourly billing. I mean, if yeah. anyone's ever used an attorney, a lot of times it's, you, you know, you're paying $350 an hour, an hour yeah. and you don't know how many hours it's going to <laughs> right. take. Yeah. And, and I thought there has to be a better way. And so I started running the numbers and I realized the things that I want to offer, I can offer at a flat fee. Right. And I don't have to, I don't have to worry about billable hours. My clients don't have to worry about that. I can use my own technology and this yeah. technology that that I've seen that law firms can use that my law firm isn't willing to use. Yeah. And if I want, I can work from home. Yeah. And my, you know, at the time my kids were home, they weren't going back to school and we didn't know what the situation was going to be in the upcoming fall. And so I, you know, my husband and I had a lot of talks about it because sure. it's hard leaving a secure oh, yeah. job and For starting sure. your own business, yeah. you know, in a pandemic, in a pandemic. <laughs> right. And, it was the best decision I could have made for mm. myself and wow. my family. Wow. And I just, I'm so grateful. And again, I really do feel like it was divinely inspired. Right. Um, and so it was really scary. But honestly, that for the first year of owning the law firm was fantastic. Yeah. And I thought, why doesn't everybody do this? <laughs> right. Why doesn't every lawyer own yeah. their own firm? Why are they doing this? Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. so it's well, been it's, great. Well, I'm that's it, I'm glad you kind of found that sweet spot for you. I mean, that sounds like it just lines up exactly with what you need. Yeah. With being well, a mom and all that. And I realized that being a litigator just was not in alignment with okay. who I was. Yeah. And I think that was the other thing is I okay. thought if I stay with this for because I asked them, I said, if I stay here, am I just going to continue to do litigation? Because I really liked the estate planning and business planning. Right. Um, which is a little bit more like you're not in court as much. Yeah. And they said, we're a litigation firm. If you're here, you're a litigator. And mm. it just didn't align, didn't align with yeah. who I was. Gotcha. Wow. That's, uh, thank you for sharing that. Very well said. You know, one of the things we, t uh, you know, we talked about, you know, you're, you're passionate about empowering women. You're a very powerful woman. <laughs> um, what, what does that look like for you? And how do you do that? Or, or what are you doing to kind of help out in that area with other, with other women? Well, I see, you know, I have been on both ends of the spectrum to mm -hmm. where it's like I had no desire to have a career. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, I was going to be a rock star. Right, yeah. You know, or I, <laughs> and I, I was going to be a mom. And while I was, yeah, I was a stay-at-home mom for almost eight years. And for me, I always felt this pull to to just do something, yeah. not, not necessarily something more because being a mom yeah. is a hard job. Oh, yeah. I mean, it just really was, but I felt like what I, I like to call embrace your and I felt like I had, I could be a mom and an attorney yeah. or a mom. Okay, and, you know, at, at the time mm. I also got my personal training certificate and I was like, I can be a mom and a personal trainer and a mom and a musician. Yeah, and, I love that. and I feel yeah. like sometimes as moms, we forget that we can embrace that and, and that there, 
if we have the desire to do something, I feel like that desire comes from somewhere. Yeah. And and I and you have to listen to that and you have to follow that. And I think as doors just continue to open, I never thought I could go to law school and be a lawyer. Like I, I'm just this girl from Salem, Utah. From Salem. That <laughs> I wasn't one of these girls yeah. that was like, I'm going to be a lawyer from the time I was 10. That that, that yeah. just wasn't the case. And so I think if you start having those desires mm-hmm. as a as a mom or a woman, those come from somewhere and yeah. you have to start following those and, t- and as the doors just keep opening, walk through them. If a door closes, then it wasn't meant for you. Yeah. And, but at least you've done it and you, you know that. At least you walk through it. Right. Like you said, yeah. you did it. No, I love that. And I think, and, and not only just even for women, for all of us, we, we, sh- we need to be more, like you said, we need to be listening and paying attention to some of these cues that are happening in our lives. Right. Right. Because I think there's a lot of opportunities that somehow we either miss or we weren't listening or, you know, whatever. Or or later we go, I should have done what that prompting was yes. or whatever. Yeah. So I love that you say that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, with, I, I think it's hard. I think sometimes as moms, we have so much mom guilt and shame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as I was going to law school, I had a lot of people say a lot of hurtful things mm-hmm. to me. You know, oh, yeah. I, I feel so sorry for your kids. They're going to be raised by a nanny. Oh, and these wow. are people who I, I was really close to, family sure. members wow. even. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, I literally had a family member say, I just am really sad for your kids. Oh, and, and I will tell you what, my kids have been my biggest cheerleaders. And both of them want to be lawyers. Oh, I love it. And I, I love it. it so much. Yeah. They saw me go through law school yeah. and they saw that it was hard, but they have also seen the other end. They've yeah. seen what what happens after. And, you know, we're able to go on on vacations as families. Yes. And, and I'm able to, I work mostly from home. I do have an office that yeah. I go into, but... I'm mostly home. Yeah, that's awesome. And so I've just been able to find now I don't believe in balance. You right. know, I I, yeah. I think balance is a myth, but I've been able to find a good path <laughs> so true, though, that works. I know it really yeah. when people say I found a you good balance, balance. No. Mm. No, I stay up until two AM a lot of nights. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and I think what you say about your kids too, they learn by watching you. Yeah. And that is a powerful way to learn. And I think back when you were growing up with your own mom. Right how hard she was working that she would go out of the box and like walk up to companies. You owe us money and watching her do that as a young, her young daughter, you learned what, what hard work looks like. You learned what a confident woman looks like. That's kind of how I'm connecting the dots here. Yeah. And a good mom. She was always present. And so I looked at that. I think what happens is sometimes in, in a, depending on what culture we Uh live in, I think sometimes we're taught, Oh, you can't be a good mom. And, be a career woman. Yeah. And my mom taught me that that just wasn't true. My yeah. mom was very present. Wow. And so that. it taught me that I could do the same. Yeah, you can do both. You right. can be this and also a great mom at the same time. And some, you know, sometimes I'm not a great mom. Sometimes I'm just an okay mom. Yeah. And that's okay. Like, that's I don't think right. we need yeah. to feel guilt and shame around that. Yeah. And I think even moms who are full-time moms would say the same thing. Sometimes I'm good. Sometimes I'm yeah, not. Sometimes I'm completely checked yeah. out because yeah. I swear I'm going to like lose <laughs> my mind. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you pointed that out. I think that's a, a fascinating. And congratulations on having your own law firm. And uh, it's called AGS Law. AGS correct? Law. Mm-hmm. AGS Law. Obviously, Ashley Garvey Smith. Yes. yes. Yeah. I love it. Um, you know, if if there's someone listening to you right now who is struggling or they are in maybe in a, a place where they're not sure if they should 
maybe take on a career. I know you've already given us some great advice, but if there's one person listening to you right now who is in that place where they need help, what would you tell them right now? You know, a couple things. I think assess your support system. Okay. I think that's a big thing. Love that. And, and I'm really, really grateful I had a husband who was so supportive because making that change for you and your family is not easy and you need to make sure that it's going to work for your family. Right. And so I think having a lot of conversations with your support system and making mm. sure that if Love you that. take that leap, yeah. you are going to have support. And, you know, whether that's family or friends or a mentor or someone who's doing, you know, right. has done it before. I think if you can find a mentor, I love when people reach out to me. I love when moms reach out to me and they yeah. say, I'm thinking of going to law school. And frankly, I've talked some people out of it and I've yeah. talked some people into it. Yeah. Based on whatever. Yeah. yeah. And so if you can find someone who has taken that path and say, hey, I would love to take you to lunch. Let's mm. and and you and you can pick their brain. I'm always willing. Hey, I, I love free lunch. Yeah. So, <laughs> so exactly. I'll, I'll go to lunch yeah. with you if you're going to, you yeah. know, pay for it. Yeah. And so. Um, so, yeah, I reach out, look at your support system and reach out to mentors. Okay. And then it. I think just if you have that burning in your heart, if there is something mm -hmm. that like that desire and that flame, my flame, that flame of and desire of going to law school did not go away for 10 years. You know, yeah. I was a stay-at-home mom for eight years, and yeah. it didn't go away. Didn't and go so away. I thought, there's a reason that this hasn't gone away. For sure. And I think you have to really listen to your intuition, and whether it's you think it's the universe or the spirit or mm -hmm. or God or yeah. whoever, whoever or whatever it is, be open yeah. to that. And if there's a desire there, it's probably there for a reason. Wow, I love it. You know, as I'm listening to your story from beginning to this point, and I know there's a lot of your story that we haven't touched on, but I can't help but think life happens for us. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yeah. Because even unfortunately, and, and I feel bad that you had lost your first husband, and I feel bad how it happened, and but yet it opened up these doors like you've already talked about. But it's like, it's interesting, as hard as that was for you as a 22-year-old, look what it opened up to what you're doing now even. Yeah. Well, and I think it's you know? caused me to have so much compassion, mm. so much more compassion, and yeah. you know, for people <clears throat> and the trials that they go through. Um, because, you know, when my husband died and I was 22, I was a 22 yeah. year old widow. I started <clears throat> like dating a, about eight months, eight or nine months after he died. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And people said some really hurtful things. Yeah. And so whenever I see someone going through tragedy or a loss, yeah. I have so much compassion because we don't know how we're going to act right, or yeah. the the right thing to do. Yeah, and no I lost, that, yeah. I lost friends. I, I mm. damaged relationships with family members. You know, I have, yeah. and because I just didn't do things the quote unquote right way. Yeah. And so it's a lot going through those trials allows us to serve others and have mm -hmm. so much more compassion yeah. for others who go through that. Wow. Again, very well said. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so, I want to share something, and I think I, I got this. Uh, it's a testimonial about what you do. Do oh, care if I share it? Yeah, go ahead. It's from the owner and co-creator of High Fitness. Yeah, Emily. Emily. Yes. Okay. She says, hiring Ashley as our company lawyer was the best decision we could ever have made. Not only is she so smart and knowledgeable, but she cares, like you're talking about compassion, cares about 
um, your business and helping you succeed. She takes the time to get to know you and your business, which uh, which to have a lawyer is to do that is everything. If your lawyer doesn't understand your product, your company, and your mission, they can't give you the best legal advice. Ashley gives me confidence that we are making the right decisions following the law and does it in does it all in a timely and professional manner. High Fitness is lucky to have such an amazing representation. Oh, Emily Nelson. Isn't that cool? She's just the greatest. Yeah, it's cool. Um, and I just wanted to share that. And, and there's many more testimonials that they have about you. But I, I came across that. I thought, wow, that is powerful. And it says a lot about you. Oh, thank you. It just does. And and I, I can't thank you enough for spending some time with us today to share your story. It's uh, You truly have turned tragedy into triumph. Um even all the way back to when your parents divorced and watching your mom being a single mom and, 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 and glad to hear that you and your dad are now mm -hmm. uh, doing great. That's awesome. So shout out to your parents and uh, just seeing what you went through and how you've uh, you know, persevered and turned it into a triumph. It's pretty cool. Well, thanks for letting me share my story. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So if someone wants to reach out to you, they want to use your services, mm -hmm. they want to check out your law firm and all that stuff, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, the best way, I mean, if you if you want to use my legal services, you can go to agslawfirm.com okay. and there's a contact form there. Um, people reach out to me through my DMs, through Instagram and Facebook. If you just search Ashley Garby Smith and Garby is G-A-R-B-E, yes. then they can reach out to me that way as well. Best way to do it. Okay, great. Um, well, thank you for thank taking you. the time to do this. This is so awesome, and I'm grateful that we've connected. We've got some mutual friends, which mm -hmm. is cool. And I'm just, I'm just very honored to be sitting here face-to-face -face listening to your story. And again, like I said earlier, I love the way you carry yourself. It inspires me to want to be better and be more confident in what I'm doing. Well, you do the same for us and for me oh. and for all of your listeners. So I appreciate what you do. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, there you go, folks. I told you that today was going to be great. And uh, uh, Ashley's amazing. Please reach out to her. Check out her website. Check her out on Instagram. Ask her a question. She talked about she loves a free lunch. <laughs> if you got some things where you want to be mentored or you've got some, need some advice, please reach out to her. And um, uh, you can also reach out to me and I can pass it along to her as well. But thank you once again for tuning in. Thank you to the sponsors. I love you guys. If you have someone that uh, needs to be uplifted and inspired, share this episode with them. Um, if they're looking to, to try to break out of, uh, into their own career, share this episode with them. And I think that's one of the best ways we get the word out. And uh, Ashley's got a great story. So thank you for tuning in. And once again, Ashley, thank you for your time today. Thank you.